Bel Air, Season 2, Episode 5. Excellence is everywhere. It's over, but we are just getting started here on Bel Air Post Show Recap. It's me, Chappelle, and I'm back to lead you through the most recent episode of the hit Peacock series, Bel Air on Peacock. And with me, per usual, the guy who is half man, half amazing, and half this hosting team, Puya. Puya, what's up? Hey, man. Happy to be back, as always. Pleasure to talk to you. You know, we talked about when we're going to release this. We said Monday. We meant we're recording Monday. I hope no one got that confused. So we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were if you were paying close attention to our last podcast, we definitely lied. Um, and so get over it. We're back. We're back, baby. And we're gonna talk about this most recent episode of Bel Air. But before we get started, of course, remember to subscribe to Bel Air a post show recap to keep up with all the things that we're doing here on Bel Air a post show recap and to uh, keep up with our latest updates to see when we drop our podcast because it seems like they're just gonna be surprise releases now. Um, and you know, let us know if you have any feedback. Send us your five star review so we can see that feedback. Because remember, if it's not five stars, we won't be able to read it. So go ahead and make sure you get those to us and let us know what you think about the podcast uh, before we get started. Puya, what you think about this episode? Uh, it was a fun episode. We got some of the speculation we did in the last episode answered, which and I don't think we, they got answered in ways we expected. So I'm very excited to dive into those. And uh, yeah, I have more questions now maybe than before, but I'm excited with where we're heading. Another strong episode for me. Yeah, I thought this was was strong, and uh, I think we'll be able to tie this one up very quickly because there's a lot of stuff we could talk about, but I think the very important parts are what we really need to focus on this time. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, we're going to make this one a quick little update, and then we're going to get back to uh, episode six whenever it drops this week. Uh, so Puya, if you don't have anything else, I'm going to go to commercial break real quick, and we'll be back after these messages. Okay. So this episode starts with a training montage. We've been talking all season about the AAU and what that looks like for Will. And apparently it looks like struggle because the AAU has a state-of-the-art facility. They have these trainers. And Will is just not used to that level of strenuous uh, dedication to the sport of basketball. Remember, this is a year-round thing now. He's going to be practicing outside of school hours, inside of school hours, around school. And uh, it's pretty much weighing on him at this point. I mean, he's even getting a lot of flack from the other players. Um, these players who are seemingly a little bit more seasoned in the AAU are making fun of him, basically calling him like a rich kid and saying that he can't keep up. Puyo, what did you think about this scene with Will trying to be this new AAU basketball player? It's kind of funny because I feel like Will's getting it on both ends now when he's in Bel Air. He's the Philly kid. When he's here, he's the Bel Air kid. And there's really you know no winning for him. I will say the the ones making fun of him did look like they were belong there. Will looks like small compared to everyone else. Obviously, size does not a basketball player make, but the training did look like it was a lot more intense for Will than anything he's experienced before. Yeah, he's a little bit of a fish out of water here, like you were saying, and he's used to being the top dog. But these other players uh, seem like they've just been at it longer than him. And you're right, they are. They're bigger than them, too. And height does not hurt in basketball, for sure. So, uh, Will seems like he might be getting a little soft. And he's not used to being called soft. He's not a fan of that at all. Uh, but the people who are making fun of them, we find out, they come from their own particular struggles. And it's what they've had to struggle through in their perseverance that has made them the way that they are. Uh, Will finds this out, of course, from Jackie, who's telling them, these kids over here, they didn't have, you know, billionaire banks car, dropping them off at practices and stuff like that. So they have this edge about them that Will just doesn't have. And he needs to find his edge in order to, to compete on the same level as them. 
Uh, he also gets some advice from Doc, who shows up and gives him a book by Malcolm Gladwell called The Outliers. So are you familiar with Outliers, Puya? No, but I'm familiar with this author because of stuff I've heard before from other people. Oh, yes. Okay, so Outliers is basically uh, this this idea of the self-made man and how it's a myth and uh, what truly lies behind the success of the people in their field, which is uh, like often a series of lucky events, rare opportunity, and other external factors that are outside of your control. So like people have this idea that if I work hard enough, I just will I will just succeed because I worked hard enough. And a lot of times that is true, but there are other factors at play. There's a lot of luck involved. You could be the best athlete in the world and still not go pro if, you know, you catch the wrong accident, you know, you work, you play for the wrong team that doesn't get scouted, that doesn't get seen. Uh, and so there's a lot of different things that can influence the way you do. And I think he wants Will to understand that they're like, just because you're trying your hardest doesn't necessarily mean those are the only things that go uh, into your success. There's other things as well. Um, I think Malcolm Gladwell also says that after you cross a, a certain uh, skill threshold, your abilities won't help you anymore. Right. So like if you're the best that you can be, You'll always that that's where you like plateau, and then everything else is just a matter of circumstance. Um, they also talk about how the month you're born uh in matters, not in like a zodiac way, but just that um, you know, like even if you look at age range, right? If you're born at a certain time of year, then you can start school before other people, right? And then that puts mm-hmm. you a peer group a little bit or older. And when it comes to sports, a lot of times you're you're um grouped by your peer group right? Uh, or your group by your age range. And so that can play a factor into it. And then, of course, where you come from matters as well. There are different um, geographic areas that value different things. And so it's like, uh, you know, Asian people have a stereotype about being uh, good at math and smart uh, when it comes to those types of things. And they say, well, because that's what they value in that country, they push those things. Whereas in other countries or other parts of the world, they might push different things and makes them better. And so Malcolm Gladwell basically wraps that all up in a bow and and get, and puts it in a book called Outliers. And this is the book that Doc wants Will to have so that he can, I guess so he can understand that it's just, it's going to take more than just talent and hard work. He's going to have to put in a lot of effort and there are going to be obstacles that, you know, he won't be able to just will his way through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So basically he tells Will all that aside, you got to learn how to swim. (laughs) (laughs) And we know Puya based on the first season that Will does not do the water. Well, that's the thing, right? So um, Doc says something along the lines of, all right, next week you're going to do 50. We're going to start with 50 laps. He never, Will never responds with, well, I can't swim. And to me, I'm like, even if he learns to swim, is he going to be 50 laps ready to swim? Hell no. No, I I have been swimming my whole life and I can't swim 50 laps. I'm sorry. I just know I, I cannot practice to do to do it. I've also swam all my life, but my God. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever done 50 laps for just for fun. So, yeah, this is definitely something that you would do for a training. And so, yeah, Will is in a tight spot because we know that uh, swimming is not his strong suit. It's definitely something that he's going to have to work on. And he has a very good uh, swim coach in mind because we know Lisa is a star swimmer. Uh, and I had forgotten about this storyline, Puya. Yeah, I did not remember this at all. This was, it felt like it was news to me. And then I realized, yeah, we probably have to know, like, we probably know this already. <laughs> so awkward, a little awkward. 
Yeah, so Will goes to Lisa, and he's kind of trying to butter her up. He's got his hand around her shoulder, and he's like, hey, Lisa, you know, you want to do me a favor, that kind of thing. And she kind of removes his hand from her shoulder. So for a second, it kind of feels like she's trying to keep her distance, and Will suspects it's about Drew, um, who we know Lisa had kind of been, you know, flirting with, who had been trying to get Lisa's attention. But Lisa says that after the way he acted toward Carlton at the bowling alley last week, uh, that's a no-go. He's kind of, uh, yeah, he, 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 he ruined that for himself. So she's free to help Will learn how to swim. Um, and so I thought this is going to be good, right? We have Drew out of the picture for good, but I'm not quite sure that's the case. Do you think we're going to see Drew a little bit later on in the season, Puyam? We have to. I feel like they gave him too much of a, too much of a spotlight to then suddenly be like, nope, you got in one little fight. And then the, everyone else said, bye-bye, you're gone. Um, yeah. I don't think so. I think as he'll come back in some way, shape, or form. I feel like Will's going to get his hands on Drew at some point. That's my prediction. Yeah, and uh, we also get somebody who uh, appears out of nowhere, uh, Tyler, who we saw a lot uh, a lot of early in the first season, but we haven't really gotten a lot of Tyler content. He's here to tell Will that, you know, um, the team misses you. They might not actually miss him, but they definitely need him. Uh, and so Tyler just wants him to know that he still has his back, regardless of what's going on with Will playing for the AAU. Uh, Will, however, is very excited to tell Carlton, I mean, about Tyler, about the AAU. Um, but he does look like it kind of bothers him that, you know, he was the big dog or the big man on campus at Bel Air when it came to basketball. But in the AAU, he's kind of having to put on the front like he's got everything under control and he doesn't. Uh, Puya, I know we switched showrunners this season. Um, it looks like these new showrunners do not have time to put Tyler into our storyline. Yeah, Tyler and his shoes need to stay away, apparently, because we got other stuff to deal with. Uh, but it was nice to at least see him. Like, continuity is always great. Yeah, I think he's gone. I think, I, and honestly, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think when you come into the first season and you have Will um, very much just fish out of water, moving to uh, to Bel Air and needing to have a friend and knowing that that friend could not be Carlton because of the, the nature of their relationship in the first season, you needed a Tyler. But now that Carlton and Will are kind of on the same page, I think that that pushes Tyler a little bit out. Um, but by the end of this episode, there might be room for him to get back in. Uh, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, later in this episode, though, we see Lisa and Will doing swimming lessons. And they're going well. Uh, there's some splashing, there's some flirting, and even some swimming. Will manages to swim from one end of the pool to Lisa. And for a second, it looks like they're falling back into their old ways. Now, we don't have to worry about him dying in any pool-related accidents anytime soon, it seems. Uh, and he thanks her for helping him with the swimming and says, anything can work out. Oh, well, she says, anything can work out if you want it bad enough, if you work hard for it. And I knew she wasn't just talking about swimming, Puya. Yeah, she was talking about herself and Will. So... Mm -hmm. Needless to say, in all of this, I'm just looking at Will sideways. I'm like, you know exactly what you're doing. You know how she feels. Don't even pretend that you don't know. And she's just letting him in, right? And I've been in the Lisa spot before. Oh, yeah? Where, yeah, where I've been, like, um, cut out. But then they're clearly still, like, pulling me along. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it in the moment that I'm being pulled along. But I'm I'm kind of like the the hopeful of like, Oh, maybe this is going to work out. And uh, then later I'm sitting there, you know, uh, nose in hand because I'm in the line in McDonald's 
because it's my house and I'm Ronald McDonald. and I'm looking a whole clown <laughs> for putting myself like that. But I fully get where Lisa's coming from. I can't blame her, but I'm looking at Will sideways. Yeah, you kind of have to look at Will sideways here because I think I think we all see it that it's it's a little he's leading her on just a little bit. Um, you know, we kind of grazed over it, but this is Will's first week back at school. He had his first day out like uh T Grizzly or uh Kodak Black or Gucci, which we all know is the superior first day out, but you know, we move. And while Will's at school, um, on his first day, he finds out that he has been nominated for the Founders Award alongside Carlton and his uh, Carlton's former homie, Connor. Now, this is a problem because we know Carlton has really put a lot of effort into this Founders Award. He low-key turned his back on the BSU for the Founders Award. I mean, not on purpose, but I pro- he probably would have done it anyway. Uh, but he's been trying really hard to get this award. And now somebody put Will's name into the Goblet of Fire, Puya. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun to figure out who did it. It really did get, make me feel like the Goblet of Fire from Harry Potter. <laughs> but... um. To find out later that the BSU are the ones who recommend, because you have to get recommended by faculty or like um, something else. And the BSU, he's the chosen one for the BSU, which I feel like now Carlton will be like, man, if I knew you were going to nominate, I would have done the speech. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If I knew I could do that, I would would do that. So interesting wrinkles about to fall into place here. Yeah. Puya, Carlton kind of accuses the BSU of sabotaging him and it does look like it. It looks like he let them down and so they went and nominated his cousin out of spite and it might not be the case. Will has made a very good case for himself as like a leader in the BSU just from his um the way he presented himself in that protest, but from Carlton's point of view, you know, they all knew that he wanted to do it. It was very public knowledge mm-hmm. and um we know that Carlton was studio body president. Uh, and we know that Carlton cares a lot about his image at Bel Air in a way that Will just doesn't. And so I don't know. I kind of agree with him, Puya. I think they might have been trying to sabotage him. I feel like the person they sabotaged first is Yasmin, who I think would have had the nomination from the BSU, if not. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, justice for Yasmin. But then if I'm looking at it, I kind of tend to agree. But also I feel like, you know, if you look at it and if let's pretend they're genuinely wanting to nominate Will, he has a strong case there because he literally sacrificed his own well-being for the BSU, for the movement, meaning he gave up his spot on the basketball team. He got suspended. So you look at all that, it seems pretty selfless from where the BSU is standing. But does him getting nominated also mean they can stick it to Carlton a little bit? Maybe it just makes the pick kind of juicier for them, you know? Right, yeah. Two things can definitely be true at once. Uh, we see Carlton uh, and his frenemy, Connor, uh, who I did not miss at all. Um, oh, but... One sentence in, he used the word woke and I wanted to leave. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, Will's this new woke Malcolm X person who's going to win our award. And uh, he tries to bond with Carlton over a joint hatred of Will because, I mean, to be fair, that's they how definitely, they bonded before. That's, that's how they got along before, you know. Um, and he tells Carlton that neither one of them is going to stand a chance against Will in this competition. Uh, Carlton doesn't want to give Connor the time of the day, but he does offer him a peace offering. So Connor goes to Carlton and slips him some booger sugar. And then dips away, you know, and uh, Carlton, who we know struggles with substance abuse to an extent uh, tied to his anxiety and uh, his anxiety med reduction, I guess, is probably highly tempted by this. So he goes into the restroom stall to flush it. 
but we don't actually see him flush it. Puya, did you mm-hmm. think that Carlton flushed the uh, the drugs down the toilet? Um, I did until later, but then also the minute we didn't see it, I was like, there is no damn way this is not in the toilet rolling around right now. This is in the back of the pocket, in the bag, ready to be taken out at a later date. Right. This is kind of disappointing because I think we've been doing well with Carlton for most of this season and a little bit of last season. And so it's like when the drugs start coming back into play, I think we're going to see a darker side of Carlton and I'm just not looking forward to it. And um, I think Will can kind of peep that something's going on with him because he does go and check on him. Remember, Will had one job Mm -hmm. and that was to keep an eye on Carlton. And while Carlton assures Will that there's nothing to worry about, Will looks at him kind of hesitant, like, mm, I don't know about that. So uh, maybe this could be going in a dark direction for Carlton. I think it is. I th- I really do. And I'm sad about it because this backslide, I don't think, is only going to impact Carlton. It's also going to impact his relationship with Will, his relationship with his parents. I think it's going to further alienate him. And I don't want that for Carlton. I think the one thing he had to, you know, it's like no matter how hard things were getting, he had the Founders Award. And now that that's in jeopardy against Will, who doesn't even know what this award means or cares, but could win it, I think that's pushed him over to now where he doesn't flush the substance away. And I am definitely worried for our boy here. Yeah, this is bad. This is bad. Um, Later on, we see Lisa again, who's very excited to talk to Aunt Viv about the swimming lessons because, I mean, getting Will into the pool was a Herculean effort, and then getting him to actually swim was a big deal, too. So in this moment, while Lisa's talking to Aunt Viv about this, she does let it slip that both Will and Carlton would be nominated for the Founders Award. And Viv is excited, but it doesn't last long because then Lisa mentions the drama with the protest and Carlton's anxiety attack. And now Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv know about the anxiety attack and they know that Will didn't speak up about it. So the two kind of come together and decide to divide and conquer. And Viv goes to Carlton to congratulate him about the Founders Award and then to casually ask him about the panic attack. And then Uncle Phil goes to Will to talk to him about it as well and how he knows that Will didn't want to betray Carlton's trust, but also that Will doesn't really care about the Founders Award and maybe it would be good for Carlton if Will stepped away from it. And Will didn't seem to have an issue with it at all, um, which was good because, you know, we know Will doesn't care about the Founders Award. We know that Will and Carlton are in a good place. But, you know, this Founders Award thing seems like it's going to be a big problem moving forward in the season. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think initially here they're trying to let us know, yeah, not only does Will not really know what he's gotten himself into, but he doesn't quite care about it. So that's good for everybody. We'll take that. Uh, but later on, we do see that obviously other people around him know what it this award could do and what it means. And I think uh, that could change his mind. But in the moment, he doesn't know any better. He's like, yeah, I want Carlton to be good. This is something he really wants. I wanted what I really want, which is basketball. I got that. So I want Carlton to have what he wants too. Yeah. And and it does feel like this is the mature thing to do. Step away from it. Don't worry about it too much. It's not anything that you have to care too much about. Focus on yourself. Focus on basketball. But we know that would be way too simple. We wouldn't have much of a show. So I knew that that ball was going to drop very quickly. Um, So we'll put a hold on that. And let's go back and talk a little bit more about Aunt Viv. Early in the episode, Jeffrey and Aunt Viv talk and they discuss Aunt Viv's upcoming art show. Uh, Aunt Viv 
is nervous. She has a lot of big ideas, but this lady Janice from, you know, Light Skin and Viv from the original Fresh Prince, uh, she is um, helping, I guess, with the art exhibit in a way because she's the fellowship person, right? So she's uh, she's got the money. So she's got a lot of input on what Aunt Viv is, is doing, and Aunt Viv doesn't seem to like that. So she tells Jeffrey, no, Jeffrey, Janice likes you. Why don't you go over there in your olive green suit and say something to her? Um, and so Jeffrey kind of reluctantly agrees. I, I think Aunt, Aunt Viv is pimping him out a little bit. Um, but Aunt Viv then asks Jeffrey about his relationship with Uncle Phil. And he tells her that they're kind of working through it. Now, G is the only one Uncle Phil trusts, and they need to be on the same page. But Jeffrey's face is still very stoic. He doesn't look like he's interested in completely making up with Uncle Phil quite yet, Puya. No, it's very clear that that's not completely done here. And I feel like Jeffrey, it just based on the interaction he had with um, and Viv, proves that something's not right with Phil. Because with Phil, is very professional, very much trying to keep it above board, not trying to, like, let the guard down at all. Whereas with Anne Viv, the guard's all the way down, all the way down. He's he's very comfortable with her, and uh, it was interesting to see this, honestly. Yeah, they re- they were interacting like friends, you know, and mm-hmm. we haven't seen Jeffrey interact with Uncle Phil like that once since the no. altercation. Yeah, so it's very clear that there's something different going on between him and Aunt, uh, Uncle Phil. Um, so he does go to Uncle Phil to discuss the firm and how most of the re- reason why they're going under is because Phil lost his biggest account. So Jeffrey suggests that Uncle Phil goes and gets that uh, gets that account back to calm the partners down and maybe slow down this acquisition of Uncle Phil's law firm. You got to let them know that Big Philly is back in charge, back on the throne, and everything's going to be okay. So Uncle Phil kind of takes that and says, yeah, I can do that. So later on, Aunt Viv and Janice from the Fellowship are discussing the flow of the art event. Janice doesn't sound impressed and offers a few thoughts to Aunt Viv. And these thoughts don't seem to be very pleasing to Aunt Viv at all, who she has a vision, right? She, in her mind, she knows how she wants this to go. And it seems like first read Broderick and now Janice are trying to stifle her vision. And she clearly doesn't like this, Puya. Yeah, which I can't blame her, right? I feel like every since she's got back into the art game, she's been trying to, you know, put herself out there. And other people getting in the way of that. Other people are pretty much trying to, whether it's directly or indirectly, kind of dictate how she should do it. And I think she knows or feels that she knows better. So to her, it's just a slap in the face every time something like this comes up. So I can't blame her at all. And, uh, you know, she got rid of Reed Broderick so she could do her own thing. And this doesn't feel like that still. No, this is just as bad. Um, so Aunt Viv ends up going to talk to Hillary uh, about her struggles with the art show. And Hillary is trying to talk to Aunt Viv about her struggles with the content house. Now, what we know is that the content house is still waiting on that simply uh, spiked lemonade deal. Right, because the content creators, Fanta, Monica, Hillary, Ivy, even they they had well, not so much Ivy, but uh Fanta, Monica, and Hillary, they all had this this deal with Kylo. And although Kylo kind of had them in a bad spot, he also had a lot more clout than they do now. Um, so they're looking at Hillary like, Well, if you're in charge, why aren't we popping like we should be? Because at least with Kylo, we had certain things falling mm-hmm. in our in our laps. But Hillary hasn't uh, locked in this Simply Spike Lemonade deal yet. Um, And she says, like, you know, we got to focus on that. H2IV, I guess, ain't the move. And um, she's going to get them to the next level. They just have to be patient. So 
Hillary's explaining this to Aunt Viv, and Aunt Viv is explaining to her about the art show struggles, and eventually they both agreed that they need to take each other's advice. They need to flex a little bit, understand that they're the bosses, trust their gut, and that they too can, you know, support their and have their own vision and get what they want out of this. And so I thought this was a fun scene between the two of them giving each other advice that they got from each other. Yeah, no, I I feel the same way as well. And I'm happy to see this, you know, again, anytime the family is in harmony, maybe call me old school or call me gushy, but I kind of like it. So I'm very much into this. Can we talk a second? These influencers who are like, where we had better deals with Kylo, like do something then you do something. Sounds like you're just waiting for some stuff to happen. Yeah, that's true. We haven't seen Monica or Fanta do anything. And so, you know, they're not the main characters of this. So I guess we don't get too far into their business, but it does feel like they're just kind of waiting for either Ivy or Hillary to give them their next bump. Someone Um, feed me. No, you feed you. How about that? Yeah, don't feed yourselves. Yeah, leave Hillary alone. She's trying her best. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so that's going on with Hillary and Aunt Viv. Uncle Phil has his big meeting later on uh, to to get that account back. But first he comes up to Ashley, and he talks to her about how Miss Hughes won a settlement with the school, which is good news, but the bad news is that she will not be coming back to Bel Air Academy. She sent Ashley a a letter, uh, like a postcard type situation uh, in the mail, thanking her for her help and telling her to remember that her excellence is everywhere. And this does seem to make Ashley happy. Ashley, who has been a little down lately, uh, feeling like, you know, the Miss Hughes thing was her fault. Will getting suspended was her fault. And so I think this was the, one of the brighter moments for Ashley this season. Yeah. But does this mean bye-bye Miss Hughes? Like, that's it? Her story's over with us? We don't get to see her again? This might be by my Miss Hughes. This might be by Ashley. You know, they're good to leave Ashley out of a storyline, so I don't know what to think here. But yeah, I think Miss Hughes is gone. Puyo, I don't think she's coming back. That's brutal. I was excited to see Tatiana on my screen for longer, but, you know, I guess that's fine. All things must come to an end. They really said, all right, you. we heard you. You wanted more Ashley content? All right, her whole story is going to be tied to old school Ashley and then old school Ashley's going to leave mid season and Ashley's just going to be a pit of despair the rest of the show. Yep. Pretty much. Uh, they're, they're tying <laughs> Ashley's storyline into this critical race theory storyline. And I think that's a pretty like important topic to talk about, but mm-hmm. yeah, Ashley is also a whole ass character who had a storyline uh, in the first season that we just are not even acknowledging in this season yeah. at all. So, you know, maybe there's more to come. It's still, we're only about halfway through the season. So, you know, maybe there's time to salvage that storyline or to move in another direction, but it does seem like this Ashley content is going to halt for a little bit, um, which is a little annoying, but, you know, we got time. We got time. Um, Uncle Phil ends up going to his meeting with uh, the client. Uh, I believe it was Garrison, but he's shocked to see a very pretty woman named Erica, who he seems to already know. Now, this actress, I've recognized her from uh, NCIS. I think her name is Deandra Lyle. And, um, She's here as, uh, I guess, the the competition. She's somebody who her firm has poached uh, Phil's client while he was away running for district attorney. He's happy to see her, um, and he offers her a spot at the table, thinking that his client was coming. He didn't realize that that was where she was doing here, um, but very quickly it, it shows that, yeah, that's what she's here. She's here to draw the line in the sand and say, Uncle Phil, you can't have your client back. I'm in charge. We won. You lose. Um, <laughs> but pull you. The chemistry between these two, there's got to be something there, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. 
we're we're talking exes or or one night stands or something. Something has happened in this in this room before. Yeah, for sure. Because this is not all platonic. There's there the way they're they're talking, the way they're kind of looking at each other. There's some suggestive language going on. They even talk about their relationships. Uh, she asked about Viv, and he asked about her marriage. And we find out that she's had two failed marriages at this point, um, and that she says um, she just didn't choose the right guy. And she kind of says it casually, but. I feel like that was suggesting something to Uncle Phil. I wonder who that guy is, Phil. I yeah. wonder. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. So casual flirting aside, Phil says he does intend on getting his client back. And Erica says there's no way it's going to happen. Well, there's one way. There's there's this one thing you can do, Phil. But, you know, I don't know if you if you want it that bad. This is and then they do. went to the next scene and I was like, hold on, I... I don't think she's saying what I think she's saying. She wasn't, but my mind went <laughs> elsewhere. My mind went, I've heard this intro in other products before. Oh, yeah. We thought Uncle Phil was going to have to bust open a sexual favor real quick. You know, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, but if you are, I, <laughs> I mean, we got to call it what it is. Uncle Phil, you're going to do something strange for a piece of change. You know what I'm saying? Um, and what them bills looking like? Ask, maybe Aunt Viv be cool with it. You know, look, the firm is going under. Maybe you go to Aunt Viv and say, Look, honey, it's for the firm, for the firm. You know what I'm saying? It's for the good of the, for the firm. I don't know their life. You know, maybe you can get a hall pass or something, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But hey, looks like it's not going to be that. So that works. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> not verified. <laughs> yeah, not verified yet, but we, we, we will see. But Puya, we will get to the conclusion of that storyline and to talk about what happens with the art show right after this break. Okay, so it's time for the art show. Janice is there, and she's being Janice. She's being a little overbearing on Aunt Viv. She's gotten a lot of opinions, and Viv is looking great, trying to get everything in line, but with Janice there, she really can't pay attention. Luckily, Jeffrey is also there, and he offers to keep her preoccupied for Aunt Viv to do her thing. Phantom, Monica, and Hillary from the content house are all posing and posting uh, pictures for content, and even Doc is there. And we find out that he brought his niece to perform as well. So although there's a lot going on, Fanta and Monica don't think that this is the influencer content that they should be doing. But Hillary has a surprise for them. Now, I hadn't thought about what you said earlier with Fanta and Monica not really doing anything. But you're right. They're complaining a lot. And this looks like Hillary's pulling out all the stops here. Yeah, I feel like when we met them, it was like, this is the content house I'm in. She does this. They do this. Uh, Hillary's going to come in to do this. Kylo does that. Everyone had a job. Now it just seems like they're there and they're expecting handouts to increase their brand. And then they're getting salty because, oh, but without Ivy's followers, we can't do that. Don't you have your own following you're trying to grow? Don't right. you have your own following you need to work on? So to me, it's like, what kind of influencer stuff is like Nepo influence, influencing? Yes. Where you're just like, no, give me your followers. Do something, please. You were brought to this event. And you're like, mm, it doesn't seem like there's enough influential stuff here for us to do until they see one person. Then suddenly, like, oh my God, I hate them. I'm very annoyed with them right now. Yeah, it, it's a pinch annoying because we do see how um, how much – uh, effort Hillary is putting into this, you know. Yeah. And, you know, she tells him that she has a surprise for them. But speaking of surprises, it's Jackie 
uh, Doc's niece Jackie is dancing at this event, and Lisa is there, as we know. She is one of Aunt Viv's assistants or interns or whatever you call it, um, and she's helping Jackie get situated. Now, we know that Jackie and Lisa don't know each other, and but we also know that they have somebody in common in the form of Will. So this is bad. This is always bad. Puya, you got to keep your ex away from your necks. That's what I always say. And I don't think you're wrong, especially if you didn't get to introduce them yet. It opens stuff up for some awkwardness, for sure. Yeah, especially when they get along so well. I mean, these two uh, girls are just, they're so happy and they're supportive of each other. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, uh, whenever women are happy, it's always going to take one of us to just come in and just uh, mess it up a little bit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, more of that to come soon. Will is busy approaching Doc. And the two of them talk about these AAU workouts. We know that Will's been learning how to swim for him, but we also know that these workouts have been whooping his ass. So Doc reminds Will that the schoolwork portion of being a student athlete is very important too. And Will proudly tells Doc about how he was nominated for a school leadership award. And uh, and this is great because I'm like, oh yeah, Will flex a little bit. But also we know that Will has already agreed to kind of step away from it. Doc ends up telling Will that D1 schools are looking for that kind of stuff and that uh, you can already start seeing the wheels turning and, and, Will, and Will's head, Puya. Like, he's saying, oh, yeah, that, that award sounds like it'll help you. You can help you get to a D1 school. It can help you get to the league. And I just know Will is thinking, yeah, maybe I should get that award. Maybe I should take this seriously. Yeah, he's like, I wasn't going to order anything, but I can look at the menu, right? Like, that's allowed. Uh -huh. It'd be rude not to. I'm here with everybody. Might as well look at it. And that's exactly where it's going. And I feel like they've been let it, They've been setting this up all season where Doc is very influential over Will right now. And Will's going to take to anything Doc says. So when Doc puts it out, it doesn't matter how much he wants good things for Carlton right now. I think he wants good things for him too and that's basketball but if this can go hand in hand with the basketball why not explore it right it's it kind of makes sense uh ashley is there too and she is looking at some of the art and she comes across a poetry book by phyllis wheatley the first black female poet uh published female poet i mean uh who was a former slave they don't teach this kind of stuff in school. So this is Ashley's first time coming across this information. And that's why it's important that as minorities in the United States, we educate ourselves about our own heritage and our culture, because a lot of our culture is being uh, whitewashed and watered down in the history classes and in the schooling that we're getting. And again, a large part of Ashley's storyline this season has been tied into these conversations about critical race theory and, um, teaching what actually happened versus what's palatable and what um you know the larger population um or the more conservative population i would say uh would allow you to learn right so mm -hmm. i never learned about phyllis wheatley when i was in school uh you know not until i got to college and so for me it's like well if I was in school and I learned this earlier, then, you know, I feel like there's things that I could have kicked out of my curriculum that I did learn that were less important than this, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, ultimately the whole thing with Miss Hughes was she was taking to Ashley's eagerness to learn more and then giving her material that she may not learn in this classroom because for whatever reason, it's being blocked. It's being removed. It's being withheld. So, I did love seeing that Ashley's getting an opportunity to learn more and more. And it's just lovely to see that, you know, this show is putting stuff like this to light. Like we we talked about earlier, this is Ashley's main drive in this show right now. 
is to bring this to light and talk about this some more. And I couldn't be happier. No, this is great. It's just a reminder to educate yourselves at home. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, school does not stop at school. Learning does not stop at school. You can you can teach yourself and uh, especially parents, you know, your kids are with your te- with the teachers eight hours a day and then they come home. And when they come home, you know, it's your job to make sure that they're still caught up, you know. So don't leave it to just the teachers who have to teach 20 kids in a, or 30 kids in a classroom. When you have one on time or one on one time with your student or with your siblings or whatever the case may be, you know, you try to try to learn some more, try to keep that education going because a large bit of the population doesn't want you to learn those things. And so uh, Bel Air is doing a good job of highlighting that. Um, Uncle Phil and Jeffrey talk about the Erica conversation. And it turns out the favor that she wanted from Uncle Phil wasn't sexual at all. I was wrong. But uh, she wants him to be senior partner at her firm. And Jeffrey seems to think that this is something he should talk about with Aunt Viv. But Uncle Phil disagrees. So I'm trying to figure out why. You know, Jeffrey's like, did you did you talk to your wife about this? And Phil's like, no. What's there to talk about? And in my head, I'm thinking, well, yeah, what is there to talk about? Jeffrey, why are you suggesting this? What's going on? So, Puya, it feels like Jeffrey knows exactly what you and I are thinking, which is there's more to this Erica and Uncle Phil storyline than they're letting on. Yeah, I feel like it's interesting to me because, you know, is he trying to sabotage Phil a little bit is one. But then two, why is Uncle if Uncle Phil saying there's nothing to talk about, is it because he's, you know, not considering it at all? Or is it because, no, Anvil will be mad, so I can't say anything? Yeah, I think it could be a little bit of, you know, of that. You know, that uh, it's probably something I could mention, but do I really want to have that type of conflict for something that's probably not going to go anywhere anyway? Like, I go take the job, and it's strictly professional. Why do I have to talk to Viv about it? But if it's not professional and Viv finds out, yeah, it's going to be bad. So, um <laughs> I'm hoping that Phil doesn't fold. I've been thinking that Phil was going to fold, but I've looked at this Erica woman and I would have folded. So let's just hope <laughs> for the best. <laughs> um, uh, so we also get our first appearance of Jazz this episode. And Jazz and Carlton are kind of people watching at the event when they see a very tall football player from the Umbrella Academy. I don't know if you watch Umbrella Academy, Puya. I have but, not. Um, yeah, well, he's actually from the Sparrow Academy, not to spoil the show, but LaMarcus who uh, is Hillary's ex-boyfriend or ex-fiance is there at the event. And Jazz does not know this. Jazz sees LaMarcus and he starts fanboying, but he doesn't know there's a connection between uh, Hillary and LaMarcus. But when he finds out, it's very clear that that bothers him. I mean, LaMarcus is very, very, very tall and uh, Jazz is not. And he's also not a rich football player. So... This is going to be a tough pill for him to swallow. Yeah. You know, I feel like the combination of both an ex being present, him not being, you know, given the heads up about the ex, in addition to him fangirling, I think that's the biggest one. He fully was like, oh my God, I'm such a fan. You got me through so many fantasy leagues. Da, 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 da. Only to then find out, yeah, well, I used to be with with your girlfriend too haha like i feel like then he just immediately shriveled up into this little shell of a person jazz did yeah he's looking at lamarcus taking pics and everyone's flocking around him and jazz is actually interested in how hillary and jamarcus broke up because he seems like you know jazz is a fan of him you know so what's wrong what happened turns out 
that Jamarcus got, I'm sorry, Lamarcus got uh, drafted to Philly. And then uh, they broke up because he had to go and they, and Hillary didn't really want to do the long distance thing. So that leaves jazz concerned that maybe if it wasn't for the long distance, they would potentially still be together. And so does that mean Hillary still has feelings for him and the distance was the only reason they broke up. So he's very concerned. Hillary tells him nothing to worry about. She only invited LaMarcus here for clout. He has a ton of followers. He's very famous. He's very likable. And if he's, posting about the event, posting about Hillary in the content house. And maybe this can be, you know, the, the Instagram likes and the clout that she needs to, you know, finally land that simply spike deal. And it does seem like it's working because the other people from the content house are fawning over LaMarcus as well. And they're saying that the Instagram likes are blowing up left and right. He's they're getting the, um, the clicks, the likes, the engagements that they need. But Puglia, Throughout this season, we have been talking about whether Jazz and Hillary are just way too different. Oh, how are they ever going to get to uh, get to, get along? How is this relationship going to work? They're from two different worlds. And you and I both said they seem fine. They seem perfectly compatible. There's no issues here. But maybe this is the thing that will draw the wedge between them because Hillary is rich. She comes from money uh, and Jazz does not. So he doesn't mingle with people like LaMarcus often. And so maybe this is where their two worlds are going to start to diverge a little bit. Yeah, I do think this is kind of the because last week we sat there being like, where is the where's the beef? Like they're mm-hmm. trying to make it seem like these two are not we're different. We don't work out. And this kind of can add to that. Now we have seen an ex. We did watch a scene where Uncle Phil and LaMarcus were dapping it up, hanging out, talking. And Jazz like, he's never done that with me. So I feel like this could be the beginning of some of the friction. At the end of the day, I think it's going to come a lot from a place of insecurity more than the couples not really being a good fit. I think it's one of those moments. I think there's a good thing to see where, you know, sometimes it's in your own head more than anything and you will make it worse because it's in your head. Right. I'm hoping he can bounce back from that. Cause I do like seeing Hillary and jazz together, but same. I, Big same. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see what happens later on. Uh, Aunt Viv, in the meantime, is giving her big Neiman Fellowship art exhibit speech, and she's thanking everybody for coming, and she's explaining how she wants to be able to create a space for emerging photographers, painters, sculptors, and even dancers as Doc's niece Jackie and the syncopated ladies come out and perform a tap routine to... I think Icon by Jaden Smith. Um, So, yeah, that was a cool scene to watch, Uh, but afterwards, you know... uh, Everyone's congratulating Jackie. Lisa's so happy for her. You know, they I told you they bonded and they're talking about how well this performance went. And then Will comes over to congratulate Jackie and right in front of Lisa just lands a kiss on her. And I kind of thought that was kind of a low blow, Puyo. I don't know. I think he knew what he was doing. Yes, I yeah. agree. But like, why, Will? What do you expect to gain from this? Because it seemed like him and Lisa were getting along pretty well. Um, and almost feels like he just kind of forgot she was there what lisa was there yeah i don't think well i think here's the thing with will is he's Mm -hmm. being very careless and i don't think he i think this just proves he has really left lisa in the past and Mm -hmm. so much so that he doesn't even begin to stop and think maybe lisa wouldn't take this well maybe it's not okay for her he just doesn't care about her and i think this is the biggest indicator of that 
Yeah, because even Jackie peeps it. She's like, uh, well, you might be okay with however y'all's relationship is right mm-hmm. now, but Lisa is definitely not. So Will goes to talk to her, and her response is icy, to say the least. Um, so he apologizes. He's like, oh, this thing with Jackie, you know, and Lisa, I didn't think you were mad, Lisa, and all this other stuff. And she's like, I'm not mad. I just feel dumb as hell. I feel dumb for sitting around having feelings for you, thinking that one day you might have feelings for me too, you know? And so he's apologizing, but she's just kind of just kind of done with it. And she even tells him that although he says uh, she's his best friend, She's not she's not in, a, in, in its space to be friends with him anymore. Uh, she can't seem to f- separate their friendship from her feelings. So this is the end of that. And again, like I said earlier, the, you know, Lisa, I've been there. I've been the uh, the host at McDonald's before. And now <laughs> you're feeling the same way. But I'm sure Lisa will bounce back 100%. Like I said, I have thought from the beginning of the season that this is going to be the Lisa and Carlton 2.0 rather than the Will and Lisa 2.0. Mm, yeah, and it is looking that way, especially right now, because uh, we see that Lisa doesn't have Drew in her life. She doesn't have Will anymore. And her and Carlton did have a good episode last time. They even rode home together. So and Carlton maybe, and Yasmin are not together right now. So Yeah, Carlton's not doing anything. Well, not doing anything productive, it seems. Um but we'll get to that too. So after the event is over, Phil and Viv, they celebrate with a drink and some kissing of their own. Uh, she worked hard and it paid off. So she's making her art say something. And Uncle Phil reminds her that although she's focused on giving others a voice, she shouldn't forget about her own. He also tells her that there's a problem with Jeffrey. We find out that Jeff left the art show early. Now, Uncle Phil has had some hidden cameras installed in his office because he just didn't feel like, you know, Jeffrey was being completely honest with him. And it turns out that Jeffrey has been snooping around in his stuff, looking for information about his son that both Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv agree that they cannot let him find. Puyo, what does this even mean? First of all, it means that I was right, that it was. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. What does it mean? I don't know. I feel like didn't y'all just learn the lesson with Lou and Will to not withhold family information like that? And what world is this? How is this a situation where they know about his son, but Jeffrey doesn't know about his own son? Like, how does that make sense to anything? What do they know that Jeffrey doesn't? Yeah. And Jeffrey knows that they know it. You know, it's not like like, you know, with the Will thing, he didn't know that they were hiding something from him. They just was living a lie. But here, Jeffrey's aware that they're hiding something from him. They all know that he's aware that he's hiding from him. Like, Phil knows, Viv knows, Jeffrey knows. And it's not some secret. He just can't find what he's looking for. But I'm trying to figure out, what could it possibly be and that his boss... Ask? Yeah, and why can't he just ask? You know, what is it? Um, and so, I, I, I guess we're going to find that out later on this season. Because now that we've seen Jeffrey snooping, we have to imagine that Uncle Phil and Viv are going to do something about it. So... The content creators toast as well. Their new deal with Simply Spiked has just gone through and because of Hillary and all her hard work. And they're very happy with what's, uh, what's looking like a new partnership, a new uh, like business, a new influencer, uh, some clout um, as well. There's no uh, IV involved right now, so I'm wondering what that's going to lead to. But Hillary isn't concerned with any of this because Jazz is not returning her text. It seems like he's really bothered by this LaMarcus thing. Yeah, I, I don't blame Jazz at all. I feel like insecurity is fair game already, okay? First of all, she didn't want the internet, her following, to know 
that she was with Jazz. And now she's very quick to post selfies with her ex for, you know, the likes. So that's one. Two is I think Jazz is someone who could have been chill about it had he known. I feel like Hillary not even mentioning it to him kind of feels like a slap in the face for him. And I think that's probably one of the other reasons. Oh, yeah, I would be super salty. You've been telling me, like, oh, I have to look obtainable, and I, look, I have to look like, you know, I'm single, and I don't want to post you yet, and this, that, and the other, but you posting your ex left and right. What's up with that? You know, and now <laughs> I'm starting to think, oh, were you ashamed of me? You know, like, you have this, you come from, a, you know, this big, probably Instagram following or whatever, social media following, where people probably knew about her and uh, LaMarcus together, and they probably were one of those insta-famous couples, you know, uh and now she won't even post jazz so if i'm him i don't know i think that little petty you know lizard brain would have probably started to perk up a little bit and be like mm, i don't know i think she's trying to play me i would have been suspicious for you. <laughs> yeah and you know again relationships are complicated dynamics are complicated one person can always feel like i am second to my partner and stuff like this can serve as a proof whether or not it is right to do so it's something that you know people will you have to deal with and suffer with so it's unfortunate that it wasn't as mature as nah i'm confident in us i'm confident who i am i'm confident what we are but it's clearly not that so i don't know where jazz is going with this i don't but i'm also kind of looking at the showrunners with the side eye and i'm like is this really a storyline we need like this doesn't matter give me hillary versus ivy i do not need jazz versus hillary in the midst of all this. I don't. Because let me tell you where this is going. This is going to end in a half-ass breakup by the end mm. of the season. And I think it's not it's not enough to be worthy of a breakup here. And I hate that it's going to go there. Yeah, it does feel like we're on a downhill slope right now. Because we're halfway through. And this is like the main conflict so far between those two. And so I don't see this ending in a positive light. Unless they're able to communicate a little bit better about, you know, their feelings. And, you know, start to take each other into consideration a little bit more. Because it does look like Jazz is a little bit more invested in Hillary's feelings than she is in his. Um, But I guess we'll see, right? We only have a few more episodes. And I'm sure they're going to explore that as well. But this episode ends with Carlton and Will both at the precipice of making decisions that can affect their entire lives. Will is on the Bel Air Academy website looking at the Founders Award requirements, and Carlton is looking at the bag of blow he's been <laughs> hiding in his drawer. Uh, and now I think these two storylines are about to collide because if Will starts to pursue that Bel Air uh, Founders Award and Carlton starts to pursue drugs again, I don't see, you know, this ending well for either of them. Not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. At all. Yeah. Because imagine Carlton all hyped up on the drugs and angry with his anxiety and salty at will for potentially trying to get this award that everybody knows means so much to Carlton. Uh, I just feel like that's going to push him to a, uh, to a dark place. And then Will, you know, from Will's point of view, Carlton doesn't really need that award because if you think about it, his parents can pay for him to get into any school. You know, Will is probably, if, if he doesn't want to, you know, live off the, the, the bank's dime forever, he probably is thinking, I could make a way for myself to where I don't have to borrow money from your family or, you know, take money from my, my aunt and uncle. Um, and that he could utilize this a lot more than Carlton because he probably needs it more. Uh, and so I can imagine them both kind of digging their feet in on this too, Puyam. I really do think so as well. I 
I'm a little worried about the rest of this season, Chappelle. Mm-hmm. I'm a little worried that for the sake of drama, we're going to have to reopen some stuff that I do not want to reopen. I wanted to see us explore new grounds, but I feel like we kind of took a U-turn and we're going to end up back in that place where there's going to be a lot of inter-drama. There's going to be, and Viv finding out, finding out about this woman with Uncle Phil, and that's drama. There's Uncle Phil and and Jeffrey drama. There's Will and Carlton incoming drama. Jazz and Hillary could have some drama. And I'm not here for it, okay? I am not. I don't like it. I want my family to be happy, please. (laughs) Yes, and this is actually the perfect time to have all this drama because, as I've said before, five more episodes left in the season. We're on the downside of season two. Uh, We know season three is coming, and so we do have to get ready to start wrapping this season up. But, Puya, overall, what you think about the episode? Overall, again, it was good as a mover of the plot. So I do like that. I think there were still some interesting nuggets here. I did not see Will getting nominated coming at all. So that was a great Mm -hmm. shocker for me. And um, I'm curious to see now that Hillary did lock in this. um, uh, What was it? What's the name of the brand called? Simply Simply something. Simply Mm -hmm. spiked. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see where her and Ivy's feud goes because now it feels like she got on Ivy's level a little bit by securing this deal. So where does that feud go? I'm intrigued. And uh, please just do not get rid of Jeffrey. And I already feel worried about that. Please, I've not seen enough Jeffrey. I've seen Jeffrey kind of, you know, try and charm Janice. I would like to see Jeffrey do more. Yeah, because uh, I'm pretty sure digging through your employer's stuff is probably a fireable offense, especially since oh, you just got rehired. Yeah, so this could be bad for Jeffrey, but we will find that out later on because this episode is over. Puya, this was fun. I enjoyed talking to you, and I cannot wait until season two, episode six drops. So until then, Puya, could you tell everybody what you've been up to, what you're working on, and where they can find you? Yes, they can find me on Twitter at Puyaism, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. If they're looking for me on other podcasts, they can find me on the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast, as well as the Mass Singer Rahapa podcast as well. And uh, you can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Puyaism as well. And you can find me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show, tweeting out the links to the podcast that I'm talking about. I am, of course, covering uh, Bel Air on Post Show Recaps, as well as Abbott Elementary on Post Show Recaps, as well as Grey's Anatomy on Post Show Recaps, as well as Snowfall on Post Show Recaps. So check out any of those feeds to catch me in all of those spots and keep up with all that coverage. And this week I guessed it on Swarm uh the coverage on uh the television show swarm with mari and latanya on the psr connect podcast uh and it was a good time mari was out so i subbed in and this week i think Mari's going to be subbing in for me uh on or i guess mari and latanya will be covering for me on snowfall when i'll be out traveling this week so uh check me out in any of those places and then um of course on rob has a podcast the nothing but netflix podcast is still moving strong we had a good interview uh, this week with the breakout star and the big villain of the show Outlast on uh, Netflix. So Jill Ashlock uh, came on to talk to us and tell us her side of the story um, on uh, Outlast because um, she felt like she got a bad edit. And judging by what she said, I think uh, people should hear her out. So check that out as well and follow at nothing but RJP on Twitter to keep up with those updates. But until next time, for Puya at Puyaism and at for me at Chappelle's underscore show, we will talk to you all later. Peace. Ah. Peace.